This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Pat Mahomes and everybody else. I think Mahomes is in his Michael Jordan era right now. He's in his Michael Jordan era. I believe it's Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and then Joe Montana. He just proved he's the best quarterback currently playing in the league and it's not close. The gap between one and two with Patrick Mahomes is greater than the distance between two and five. I'm at the point now where I'm ready to call Patrick Mahomes the second best quarterback in the history of the NFL. I'm good with that. He may be already... Jeff Saturday joined us earlier, asked him about his career in comparison to Peyton Manning. He said, oh, no, no, Manning would take Mahomes' career right now. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We just got a shot outside on ESPNU. Oh, I didn't boy. even know what we were looking at. Uh, a it was blizzard. just snow. A blizzard <laughs> outside I, I of where we are. Any, there were no landmarks. No. I couldn't distinguish any buildings. No. It was just snow. Just snow. Just snow. Whiteout conditions. Not quite, but Not close. great for us. No. Maybe Not we should great. send Pat back outside. For more weather reports with Pat Costello at Unsports ESPN. The video is out if you missed any of it. Pat Costello, who doesn't, he said, I don't understand why anyone would go out there and do weather reports in the snow. Yeah. Meteorologists. So, of course, we had to send them out to do a weather report no in the snow, including doing a snow angel, and he used the Jay Williams bobblehead as his microphone. Okay, did we have Doppler come in with the sponsorship for Pat? <laughs> uh, not yet. <laughs> Maybe they, this is proof of concept, is what this weather is. Equipment. We have a proof of concept for Pat to get a weather sponsorship. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we asked the question about Mahomes going into the Super Bowl. We said, if you had to bet four more or no more, what would you take? Okay, it was somewhat split on that. No, hold on. What'd you take? I took no more. And what did Smalls and I take? You, you took four more. I think Pat took no more, right, if I'm not mistaken. Our weatherman uh, took no more. And then callers, I, I think we're splittish, probably leaning more towards four. And, Sm- and Smalls picked four more as well. Yeah. I did. Yes, I did. exactly. Well, now. <laughs> so two of the pre- three people sitting at the desk were right. Yeah, that's Got right. Got it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not right. Oh, we, are, well, we are right. Because you're, you're wrong. I'm wrong. Like, we that's still a, have that's a, an yeah. interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. I'm definitely wrong, but yeah. you're not right yet. Well, we were right for not saying no more. No more. Because <laughs> he correct. won one more. He did win one yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. That's correct. Um, okay. Three more or no more? You're still on this, right? Three more, no doubt. Why are you doubting him? Why I'm, do you, you pick against him in the, the Super question. Bowl? Why are you doubting him? Anymore? I'm just asking. Stop a doubting him. But three more is a whole heck of a lot. That means he has to do the same thing he's done again. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. But I think it's not a smart bet to bet against him not winning at least one more. So if you're looking at the two options, it's no more or th- or three or four more. I think he's going to win at least one more. Yeah. So the other option is not a good option to pick. Yeah. Well, we'll let Mahomes speak for himself on this in describing this Chiefs run. It's legendary. I mean, just um... – to be able to, no one's ever done it. And uh, we knew it's legendary to win back-to-back. I think eight other teams have done it. Um, we had heard it all week. We had talked to the guys about it, and we felt like we had the, the best opportunity that we had ever had to, to go out there and do that. And I fell short the year before. And so, I mean, all you can do is come back next year with a fresh mindset, knowing it's going to be even harder. Um, and uh, we got to continue to play our best football. Uh, we'll celebrate these next few weeks, and then we'll get right back at it. So they're going into next year as the two-time defending champ. No two-time defending champ in the eight times it's happened has ever gone to the next year and gone to the Super Bowl. Andy Reid, the head coach of the Chiefs, had this to say on potentially a three-peat next season. I don't think a lot about that, but that would uh, I think that would be pretty neat, you know, neat thing to do. But you don't really go there when you're in this thing. You, you go uh, back to your dark room and the film and 
the draft coming up and the combine, all those things, that's kind of where you go. Um, and you're not talking three-peat. You're, um, you know, it'd be great. Okay, so as a Brady stand like I am, I love him. I believe that if they three-peat next year, at least 70% of football fans and analysts will say that Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. You see how he's trying to get ahead of this thing, right? Like, he's trying to get ahead of this thing because he feels he feels the inevitability of it, right? He's feeling the heat. That's exactly what it is. He Looking knows that shoulder. there's a chance that mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid can do something that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick couldn't, which is go to three straight Super Bowls and go three-peat, which has never happened in the sport before. Like, if that happens, then all of a sudden it's on the board for both Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to be compared with the careers of Belichick and Brady. And there are going to be a contingent of sports fans out there that would give Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes the nod because they've, they've three-peated. Mm-hmm. They've done something that nobody in the history of the sport has ever done. I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. It doesn't mean I would agree that with that assessment, but I agree that that is going to happen. That if they three, he doesn't want it to happen. Though. No, he definitely he doesn't. doesn't. He, he wants to main. He wants to make sure that the gap between Mahomes and and Tom Brady is maintained, like the gap between LeBron and MJ. That's what Evan wants. Of course, he, he doesn't does. want anybody to come close to his goal because he's a Patriots fan, because he's wow. a Tom Brady fan, <laughs> because because Brady has the perfectly quaffed hair. He doesn't want anybody to come close to uh, Brady's legacy. Stay away from way, my dumb king. But, but, uh, <laughs> imagine to it being the Chiefs. They've yeah. got. T- Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey yeah. and they're partying in the club. Jason Kelsey is shirtless. Andy Reid's eating cheeseburgers. They didn't have the same level of outward discipline yeah. and misery that the Patriots did. They could do it in a fun way. Well, yeah. as Julian Edelman says, happily miserable. Yeah. That's the Patriot the, way. The formation of the final play in overtime was Tom and Jerry. And the play call was corn dog. Corn dog, <laughs> corn dog with mustard and ketchup. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like corn of, dogs. Of course, this there. guy, Patriot Way, do your job. Doesn't want the antithesis of what we saw in New England the past two decades to usurp what the Patriots were oh, able to do. He can't stand the thought of the corn dog crew coming in and dethroning his ring around the rosy, oh, making so a fun. mockery of the NFL. Totally. Yeah, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want it to happen. You can see it. You can see how his face is tight. He's grimacing. Tightly drawn. Yeah, he's trying to smile, but we know we know what's happening inside. He's trying to smile. Exactly. I'm trying to what? Smile. Smile, smile with no teeth, but you smile yeah. with your eyes uh, and your yeah. face smiles. Smiles. I here's the thing. I'm gonna be honest. I can't argue with what you guys are saying. I know that the masses will it's feel a, it's that. It's inarguable. Way. And it's inarguable. And we've gone through the exercise of can they be beaten? And the answer is no. We can't even come up with a hypothetical fake team within reason that can beat them next year if they're just playing their game and everybody's healthy, even if they lose some of these guys. They're borderline unbeatable because, well, I don't agree with this. The masses will tell you they just won the Super Bowl in a down year. Yes. For them. Not the league. For them. Like, the Chiefs, for them, didn't have a great year this year. And they won the Super Bowl. I mean, think about that. And they did it on the road as underdogs in three of the games. Great. Awesome. Now I'm see this is the thing. I fought off the idea of them being the villain. Now I'm starting to not like them because of this. I don't I don't want all this is too much for me. They're such a likable team, I such agree. a likable champion, but yeah. as CC outlined yesterday, they are though the dementors of the NFL because they make every other fan base miserable. Now, so it's it's kind of you're kind of in an emotional uh, you know, 
quagmire. Some, yeah, because yeah. yeah. you want to like them, but they also make you not me. I don't have a team, but everybody else they make you miserable. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You're a Packers fan. That's so obvious. Like you're not so yet. in on the Packers. Now, uh, flip. Let's go to something else on this because you had get up. You were in there with get up. Got spicy and now up, that's right. what I want to know about spicy. because as we were making Pat Costello into a snow angel, you said it got spicy on get up. What happened here? Well, I, I we were going back and forth. The the question was, and we as you and who me, else? Me, Dominique Foxworth, Jeff Saturday, Dan Graziano, and of course Greeny is the point guard. All right, we so were, that's your crew. You yeah, love we, all those. Yeah, guys. I love all those guys. We were all going back and forth about is Kyle Shanahan the biggest reason why the 49ers lost that game? Okay, and, and I don't know how you can come to the conclusion that he's not. I didn't understand that, and, and it's not only based on the decision to take the ball on overtime, which still makes no sense, and nobody can explain to me to the contrary. But there's also the decisions that he made throughout the course of the game. I mean, coming out of halftime, those three straight three and outs where you decided you're going to throw the ball on eight of the nine snaps that you had it. You didn't capitalize on the Patrick Mahomes interception. You didn't get any points out of that at all. Like, not even a field goal. Like, I thought that was huge. How, how much did the 49ers lose by again? Three. Okay. So you didn't even get those points. Uh, the end of the first half where you have – uh, what it all three of your timeouts, mm-hmm. and it's a situation where you can use one of those timeouts on the other side of the two minute warning, rather than letting the Chiefs run out the clock, kick a field goal, and and going at a halftime only down seven, as opposed to being down double digits. Like there are all of these questions that are out there, all of these you know suspect game management decisions, and as you know, Bill Belichick and and Nick Saban said once upon a time, good players can't overcome bad coaching. Those are examples of bad coaching. So for whatever you want to say about the onus being on the players and the turnovers and the miscues, listen, the Chiefs had their turnovers. They had their miscues too. It's not like Isaiah Pacheco didn't fumble the ball inside the 10-yard line. That happened. That took points off the board. It took guaranteed three and probably seven off the board. So they had that same mistake that you're talking about with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, the the, the, the the muff punt, or I don't even know if you can call it a muff punt, but the unfortunate break in the kicking game that gave the Chiefs a point-blank opportunity, yeah, you didn't stop them. And yet the Chiefs' defense stopped you when they had a sudden change situation. So, uh, again, I don't know how you don't look at Kyle Shanahan as you know the biggest reason or the biggest factor in the loss from the, the 49ers. And, and just to reiterate what I said before, not knowing the overtime rules is an indictment on the head coach. And while there are people that would argue it doesn't change how the players should approach overtime, what it does do is give you a glimpse inside of the preparation or lack thereof from the 49ers. And clearly, when we look at the two teams, compare and contrast, the Chiefs were the more prepared team overall. Without question. And that, and that therein lies the problem, and that's why I think it's fair to blame Kyle Shanahan and call him the biggest reason why they lost that game. So you've already said, CC, that there's nothing that, that Shanahan can say that'll make up for the third possession comment the other night, saying I was worrying about the third possession. Now that just, like, deflates the entire team and ends every conversation about that. But that all said, period, next sentence. Next time Kyle Shanahan meets with the media, what do you want him to say? I, I messed up. I should have had my team more prepared. And I apologize to them that I didn't go over this scenario. Just end it quickly. No, no, no. I think that's the most important thing. I apologize to my guys. I let them down. And show contrition. It might not hurt him to turn on the faucet a little bit. Had a waterworks going too. Because I'm sure that there are a lot of guys in that Niners locker room that are that are going to be hurting for a long time. You saw Christian McCaffrey after the game. Yeah. I mean, 
so many of these guys were in a lot of heartbreak. This isn't going away anytime soon. And even though he might not need to do that, I do think it will go a long way to say I – I feel badly because I should have put them in a better position to succeed. Christian McCaffrey had 160 yards from scrimmage in the Super Bowl, and he lost. And he didn't actually do enough because he wasn't given an opportunity to do more. That's the thing. You took the ball out of his hands. Your best player, second best player on offense, you took the ball out of his hands in the second half. What happens if you get points on that drive after Mahomes throws that interception? The complexion of the game is completely different. Completely so different. the public mo- moment for Shanahan is publicly apologizing to his players. Yes, through by way of the media. Because yes. are they and all gone? Well, well yeah, he has to. He has to apologize to the players individually in the exit interviews, and then tell. But he the needs media. to let the whole world know. Hey, this is on me. I gotta wear this one. Because if he comes out there and tries to defend it further, Ooh. bad bad decision. I if think. he tries to defend it further, he's going to create a rift. He's going to further. You know, divide. You know the relationship that he has with his players, and that's what he can't afford to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be a hard. It's going. It's going to take a lot of mending fences for those guys to trust Kyle Shanahan, especially when it comes to those big game circumstances moving forward. So I like where you're going with this because to me, they still could have won it with his decision making, but he didn't give them the best possible chance at winning because of his. Decision. But that's exactly what I said on Friday before the Super Bowl. It's exactly what I said. It's exactly what I said. Going into that game, I said, what did I say, Smalls? I said, I'm more worried about Kyle Shanahan than I am Brock Purdy. You did say that. You did. I'm more worried about Kyle Shanahan than I am Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was fine. Brock Purdy wasn't bad. He wasn't good, but he wasn't bad. He wasn't Brock Purdy. I don't look at Brock Purdy as the reason why the San Francisco 49ers lost. I don't. I absolutely look at Kyle Shanahan as the reason that that team lost that game on Sunday. Can anyone compete with Kansas City next year? We'll find out next. It's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Canty's NFL Power Rankings. All right, CC, top five teams going into next year to potentially win a Super Bowl. Oh, yes. Let's kick this thing off with number five. Number five. The Houston Texans, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, and all they do is win the division 
win a playoff game, and, oh, by the way, their offense had the fewest amount of turnovers throughout the course of the season. They're only going to get better. They're top 10 in cap space, and this is a relatively young outfit on the offensive side of the ball, so presumably they're going to add around C.J. Stroud. And think about this. This guy is really doing this with without a dominant number one receiver. Nico Collins had a fine season, but in terms of listing the number one receivers in the NFL, he's on down the line. So just think about the potential that they could add around uh, uh, C.J. Stroud, a dominant, dominant receiver, somebody that can dictate front and coverage. I think the sky is, is the limit for this team. I already got C.J. Stroud as a top-five quarterback, and if you're a top-five quarterback and we assume that you're going to waltz through your division, then, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that you have a chance to be in the Super Bowl this upcoming year. Next. Number four. The Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool. I mean, as long as he comes back healthy from that hand-wrist injury, then there's no reason to think that the Bengals won't be competing in the championship rounds. Again, they have some consequential decisions that they have to make with T. Higgins. We'll see what ends up happening with Tyler Boyd, who's in line for a new contract. But overall, Joe Burrow elevates this entire organization. As long as he's on the field, the Cincinnati Bengals have a chance at winning a Super Bowl. As Joey B. said, the window for this team winning a championship is as long as his career I don't know how you could say that that's not the case, seeing as the impact that Joe Burrow made on the Cincinnati Bengals when he got there. Next. Number three. The Detroit Lions losing in the conference championship game to the 49ers in heartbreaking fashion after being up 24-7. That's going to be a learning experience for them, but I think it's going to be a confidence builder as well. This team knows they belong. And one of the things that makes me bullish on them is they're going to have continuity when it comes to their coaches. Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, their their offensive coordinator, they're all going to be back, right? So the fact that they're all going to have that kind of continuity, it only lends itself to the players being more familiar with the offensive and the defensive systems and being able to build on the success that they had this year. They had five All-Pro players this year, guys that made first or second team All-Pro. Those guys are all coming back. The other area of this team that you want to see them improve is the secondary because their secondary was a little bit suspect in terms of giving up big plays. But overall, I like the direction that this program is going and wouldn't be surprised to see them break through next year. All right, top five power rankings. Teams that could win a Super Bowl next year. Just to update, we have three teams off the board, two teams left, including left on the board here. We have six of the eight division winners from this year and both Super Bowl teams. There we go. There are a lot of good teams from this past year that are not Super Bowl contenders in your eyes for next year. No doubt about it. So check it in at number two. My Baltimore Ravens, they are plus 850 to get to the Super Bowl. So they have the third shorter size, I believe it is. So the Baltimore Ravens are going to be in the mix. Listen, they had the number one scoring defense in the NFL and they had the two-time MVP. Let me say that again. Two-time MVP in Lamar Jackson. This guy's a game changer. Uh, and, and so when they continue to build on the second year in Todd Munkin's system, their offensive coordinator, I think they're only going to be the better for it. So the Baltimore Ravens, they were uncharacteristic in their playoff loss in the conference championship game to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm hoping that that serves as a learning experience for them. The big hurdle, as I see it for this team this offseason, is is getting past the loss of Mike McDonald, their defensive coordinator, who ended up being the head coach for the Seattle Seahawks. But listen, it's the Baltimore Ravens. When have they not had good defensive coaches and good defensive coordinators? I'll wait for the answer. <laughs> but anyway, the Baltimore Ravens, second on the list. But there can only be one number one. Number one. And that's the Kansas City Chiefs. 
It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. I'm going to go ahead and throw in Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift until otherwise <laughs> notified. Why would you bet against them at this point? Back-to-back Super Bowl champions, I get it. We haven't seen a team that's gone back-to-back go to a third straight Super Bowl. But I can't doubt Patrick Mahomes' greatness, and I can't doubt how this organization has routinely put pieces around him. Even with key free agents like LeJarrius Need and Chris Jones, I just have confidence that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to figure it out. Brett Veach, their general manager, has done a great job. Think about it. We didn't know how they were going to deal with life after Tyreek Hill. They traded away Tyreek Hill, and one of those draft picks ended up being Trent McDuffie. How'd that trade work out for them? All the Chiefs have done since they traded Tyreek Hill is win two championships in two seasons. So no matter what happens with the rest of the roster, I have full faith in the organization, and I have full faith in 15. So that's the list, one through five. Kansas City Chiefs number one, Baltimore Ravens number two. We have at number three checking in my Detroit Lions. We have the Cincinnati Bengals, and we have the Houston Texans. Smalls, you're my accountability partner. Any objections, any omissions? So the other team in the Super Bowl this year, the San Francisco 49ers, not on the list. Did not make the list. The Buffalo Bills, not on the list. Did not make the list. But what about the Green Bay Packers? I love the Green Bay Packers. I love the Green Bay Packers. I love the I love I love the Green Bay Packers. I mean Jordan Love, what's not to love, pun intended. I mean this is <laughs> this is a team and an offense that's just going to continue to grow and and Matt LaFleur has really made it his own now that Aaron Rodgers is out of the building. Who would have thought that like you're getting rid of a guy that won two MVPs over the last 4 years and your franchise would be all the better for it. But that's where the Green Bay Packers are. Well, you're on a theme there because Tyreek Hill goes since then, 7-0 and in the playoffs, two rings. Aaron Rodgers goes, and now you have more faith in the Packers than you did when he was there at the end. I'm not suggesting that every team should just trade their great players. I'm suggesting that maybe some of these teams should evaluate how valuable their great players actually are. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not going to sit there and say, like, I have an obvious example of the next version of this, but it'll yeah. come up during the course of this season, yeah. this offseason. Dallas is a team that I'm sure will wonder about that with some of their star players. Hey, what would we get? And by the way, the Chiefs, they got five picks in return for Tyreek Hill. Trent McDuffie, Sky Moore, Rishi Rice as part of them, yeah. and others as well. And they still have one more pick, a fifth rounder this year in the draft. Yeah. That trade so worked got, out pretty well for them. You got, you got an A-plus player in Trent McDuffie. You got a B that can become an A in Rishi Rice. It's not bad. It's not bad. That is not bad. It's not bad. The only reason I would I would say I, I left the Packers off the list is because I think C.J. Stroud is a better quarterback, but I also think the Packers are in the same division with the Detroit Lions. And I can't That's feel fair. as bullish on the Lions as I can and think that they're Super Bowl contenders and have the Packers in the same division. Fair. So All of this said, I am going to continue to pitch an idea that next year during the power rankings, we do two through six, which becomes one through five. And we have a little graphic on the TV side that it's Kansas City. And then we're giving our one through five, because I think we are at the point now where it does not matter what Kansas City does during the regular season. If they're in any seed, any which way they have a chance to win it all. So really, we're just debating who has the best chance of dethroning them every single week. If they start out one and four next year, just making this up, are you writing them off to go to the Super Bowl? No. Okay, so then it's them and everyone else until proven otherwise. That's what it is now in the NFL. They are the best team. They have a chance at three-peating regardless what they do in the, in the regular season as long as they get into the postseason. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. I didn't even realize that the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win. But it is at minimum a very bad look that I know the rule. How do the players playing in it not know that rule? Very fair, Greeny. We have no idea. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Here's what I want us to try to do right now. Let's spin it the exact opposite way. Let's say that Kyle Shanahan made the right decision in overtime of the Super Bowl. A Super Bowl they lost to Kansas City 25-22 for Mahomes' third overall back-to-back. Let's say, you know what? Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. It's the right decision to take the ball first with the new overtime rules. So here's where this gets interesting. If you assume he made the right decision... Then, CC, let's go to the place of why he made the wrong play calls with the right decision and how we continuously get back to the place of there's no defense of this. Yeah, his rationale was he was playing for the third possession, which presumably becomes sudden death at that point, right? After both teams get their first possessions out of the way, then the next team that scores ends up winning the game. Well, that's operating under the assumption that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to go through your defense and they're going to score, right? So if you believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be able to match points with you, whether it ends up being a field goal or a touchdown, then why wouldn't you, when you have the ball inside of the 10-yard line on second and four, decide to make that four-down territory? Okay, so stop there for one second as we walk through this. So then really what we're saying is, based on Kyle Shanahan's comments, I'm taking the ball first because in my mind, it's not 19-19, it's 26-19 them. That's kind of what he's saying. I'm actually giving them seven points. So now I'm down seven in overtime of the Super Bowl. How should I be calling a game down seven in overtime of the Super Bowl? Well, second and four, you're taking a shot to the end zone, right? Because it's not an obvious down a distance where you have to throw the ball, Mm -hmm. which is the best time to throw the ball, right? Fags is not going to dial up those exotic blitzes that he was coming with that had thrown your offense off throughout the course of the second half of the game. So it just seems like it makes sense to throw the ball into the end zone under those circumstances. And which then, he didn't do. Which he didn't do. He decided to run it again. They got stopped for no gain. Then it became a third and four. Spags brings the house. Chris Jones ends up breaking through and breaks, blows up a play where Brandon Ayuk is wide open in the end zone for a touchdown, and then you settle for a field goal. To me, you make that four-down territory because even if you don't convert on fourth down, the Kansas City Chiefs have to drive 50 yards to score the football to either, to either get a chance at a field goal and in, under those circumstances, you have to think you like your defense's chances. And here's the great part about that strategy. It's not four-down territory for the Chiefs. They're not approaching it where they're saying, you know what, on fourth and one from our own 34, we're going to go for it because we have to. 
That's in the failed four downs tie score, nineteen the actual tie score. You're failing going for it on fourth down. Yes. You're not going for a field goal because mentally the hypothetical is you're down seven because you're already assuming the third possession. I hope people are staying with us on this. It's very I know it's I know, but it it emphasizes the point of how even if you want to give Kyle Shanahan the benefit of the doubt, his play calling would not indicate what he's actually saying. Yeah, you can't be half pregnant. If you're going to go for it and be <laughs> aggressive, be aggressive, right? If we're going to take the ball, then we're going to go down and try to score a touchdown. But here's the thing, especially once we get into the red zone, inside the 10-yard line, you, you, you've got to make that four-down territory. If you think that Pat Mahomes is going to get the ball and go down and score no matter what, then you have to apply maximum pressure and score a touchdown. Why, why would you settle for a field goal? That makes no sense. It makes no sense to settle for a field goal. Because then you lost. You lost. Right, because if you're going to tell us, which he did, I'm playing for the third possession, you are indicating that you believe no matter what, Mahomes is going to score. Yeah. And if you assume he's going to score a touchdown and then you're kicking a field goal, you still you lose in that spot. But here's the other thing that you're assuming. You're assuming that if you kick the field goal that – Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be content matching points and letting the game go to sudden death and giving you the ball back. Right. So it might already be four-down territory for them regardless. Right. You know what I mean? Whether Whatever, whatever happens, it might be four-down territory just because they don't want the Niners to have a sudden death opportunity and to lose by a field goal. So, Smalls, as we're walking through this, you have said all show that you believe this is worse than 28-3. But we've now discovered even more angles to this as to what part of it was really bad. Because even if you give him the benefit of the doubt, he didn't call the right plays. If you don't give him the benefit of the doubt, he went in the wrong order in overtime where he should have given the other team, Kansas City, the ball first. So as you're navigating this and thinking, this is worse than 28-3, what's the top line of this bad resume? Like, what pops out to you the most as to why you're saying it that way? I think the third possession has to be worse than 28-3, Because, A, he's the head coach, not just the offensive coordinator. B, you would hope that after having not one, but two meltdowns in a Super Bowl, that you would be not even double, but triple prepared the third time around and know the rules inside and out. And then that you would explain that to your players and they would not only know the rules, but they would be preparing for it. The fact that so many players on the San Francisco 49ers came out and said, I wasn't aware of the rules. And then you have Patrick Mahomes on the set after winning, walking through every possible scenario that could have happened with the Kansas City Chiefs and outlining what they would have done, saying that they were so prepared because of their coaches that they had people coming in talking about the rules to them. I don't know how you can absolve this one. 28-3 was historically bad, but... In the moment, maybe somebody got nervous or it was too big for the play. Plus, you're shouldering that with your head coach, with Dan Quinn. This one, to me, is all on Kyle Shanahan, so it's worse. So, no benefit of the doubt means you gave your team less chances at winning because, as you said, there's no absolute nature of it, meaning it's not always four-down territory. Benefit of the doubt, hey, you did it the right way. You should take the ball first. He didn't call the right plays. Well, here's, here's, so what, I'm saying. Way here's, here's, what, here's what I'm saying. There's no absolution in the first drive, no matter what the 49ers do. Right, The game can't end after they have the ball. So why take the ball first? That's the part that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, like they're, 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 both teams are guaranteed an opportunity to have the ball. There is no guarantee that there will be a third possession in overtime. Right. So why, why, kick, why, why, why not kick off? Why would you not want to have all of the information in terms of what you would need to tie and or win the game? On, on the first possession, the first time you get the ball. It makes no sense. That makes no sense. Nobody can square that with me.
So there's another part of this that we actually have not discussed yet today in all of our dissection of this. We mentioned it a little bit yesterday, but I want to understand this better. One of the initial reasons that we thought about was maybe he just thinks his defense is exhausted and wants them to rest for a little bit before coming back on the field. In your 11 years playing in the NFL, winning a Super Bowl, playoffs almost every single year, did you ever have a coach call plays or make decisions based on the fact that your defense was exhausted? Only thing I've heard of a coach doing is calling a timeout. Calling a timeout. Now, there will be some offensive coordinators that will have a good feel for the game and say, hey, we need to run the ball more to try to rest and eat up some game clock and let our defense stay on the sideline. But it ain't under those circumstances when we're talking about being in overtime and, and you know potentially winning the Super Bowl. That's not when that happens. It's the Super Bowl. You got to suck it up, dog. But here's the thing that makes Kyle's decision-making questionable. Like, he's talking about playing for the third possession. Well, the inference or the, the what he's implying is that Kansas City is going to score regardless of whether his defense is tired or not. Right. So his defense being tired doesn't even matter. Right. That's the point. Like that's, he's saying, that's, he's, yeah. saying he's, he's saying that all right, they're going to be tired because it's going to be the Chiefs are going to score whether they're tired or not. That's a great point. So what? Like why? Why? Why not just get it out of the why way? Why not just get it out of the way? <laughs> like why not just give them the ball and say, okay, Patrick Mahomes, let's see what you can do. It's not four down territory for the Chiefs. So if the Chiefs had the exact same drive that they did in overtime, but they got the ball first as opposed to second, then they're not going for it on fourth and one from their own 34. They just can't. They got to punt. Because if you if you don't get that fourth and one, guess what? The 49ers are kicking the field goal. The game is over. So it just it doesn't you can't justify what Kyle Shanahan did in terms of his decision to take the football. You just can't. All right. Maybe a dumb question, but I'm curious as to how this works. The game ends, overtime begins. Is that enough time in between if the defense was to go back out there to catch your breath? Like, how much time do you guys need in that spot to kind of catch your breath and get ready to go back out there? You're playing on the – like, you know I, what I'm I saying? Don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't put a number on that, Ev. I couldn't tell you. But, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, guys realize this is overtime in the Super Bowl. It's only the second overtime so this, game in the Super Bowl in, in the history of the game. Like, it's almost like we're trying to find the excuses and the reasoning behind it in every, every which way. But we he go. didn't we, give that as a reason. I know. Reason. We have a roadblock every which he way. Didn't give us that. He didn't give us that as a reason. His rationale was the third possession, which makes no sense because you're not guaranteed to have a third possession in overtime. It makes no sense at all. Okay. I have one final question. I'm curious about this. Okay. Okay. So they change rules, Right. Overtime rules change. When anytime the NFL makes a rule change, how is that information distributed to its players? On every team that I have been a part of, mm-hmm. referees have come through during OTAs, mini camp, training camp, and periodically throughout the regular season. Now that's across three different organizations: wow. the Dallas Cowboys, the 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 New York Giants, and the Baltimore Ravens. Across three different organizations. And they explain to you the different rules changes. But here's the other thing that's shown in a team meeting. They have a video. The NFL, when they do a rules, there's a video that they send out. And they say, hey, this is the video. These are the new rules of emphasis. These are the new rule changes. So even if they're for playoffs, you're still doing it in the regular, in the preseason. You're still doing it in, so at, some, at some point in the offseason. At some point in the offseason. But any rule change. Like any, I, any rules change, it, it, is, it is going to be presented by the league. And, and here's the thing. It should be reiterated by the coaching staff mm-hmm. in terms of making players fully aware of the team's philosophy 
on how they're going to approach those situations and those rules changes. Okay. For the 49ers players to be unaware that, yeah, a part of this is on them because they're professionals, but, I mean, the the overwhelming impetus or or, or responsibility has to be on the head coach. The the head coach is the one that's responsible primarily for developing the strategy week in and week out on how we're going to win. So either that didn't happen or the players didn't retain the information when it did happen. No, they did. They they said they didn't know. Right. You, so think, Kyle, you, you think Kyle Juszczyk, who got a degree from Harvard, can't retain information? No, I, I think he can't. Maybe in that. I don't, I don't know. I want to now know, based because I didn't have this information. Smalls, we didn't have this information prior. What you just said, now you played for elite-level head coaches, right? You played for Parcells, Coughlin, and Harbaugh, three guys that are probably all going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? But you're telling me that every single year they had someone in to say, hey, I, we have 100 rules. 99 of them are exactly the same. Here's the one that's not. It probably never comes up, but I need you to know this. Yes. And there's a chance that that did not happen with the Niners, is what you're yes. saying. That's the, that's where your point is a great one of maybe this is worse than 28-3. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. All right, time to win some money. Canty's best bet. Walking down the field, y'all. Chasing that bag, y'all. Of the night. <laughs> All right, we got smoked in our best bet last night because the Nuggets <laughs> definitely did not take air business against the Bucks. I underestimated Doc Rivers in Milwaukee, and I guess that's that's not a great place to be. I don't know. I guess you'll have more success fading them than not. But anyway, we're going back to the association. T-Wolves off of a nice win last night against the Clippers. They're up tonight 
uh, in a game against the Portland Trailblazers. Second night of a back-to-back, so it could be dicey with a young team. But I'm going to ride with them anyway. So I'm going to go with the T-Wolves, laying the six and a half against the Portland Trailblazers. And we're going to take Rudy Gobert over 11 and a half rebounds. So T-Wolves six, by six and a half over the Portland Trailblazers. And Rudy Gobert over 11 and a half boards. Pays out at plus 155. Let's go. Survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. All right, each and every day we give you unsportsmanlike moments. Some weird, different, quirky things. I don't know that anything's going to top Pat Costello at Unsports ESPN. You can see it on all of our social platforms in the snow today as the snow angel, which was just tremendous, our producer. But here we go. So, CeCe, your Lakers uh, made a big uh, signing the other day, right? They brought in Spencer Dinwiddie, buyout uh, once he was traded to Toronto from Brooklyn, and they bring him back to L.A. where he's from. Well, Spencer Dinwiddie has an interesting thing that he does with his agent uh, with his contract. So here is the new Lakers guard talking about his contract bonus of $1 if they win a championship. <laughs> yeah, so in, in my last deal, there was a series of bonuses tied to uh, winning and stuff like that. Um, one of those being the dollar uh, championship bonus. Uh, a lot of people thought it was kind of funny at the time to sign to the Wizards. Um, but me and uh, Grushan basically made a deal that we were going to keep it in whatever deal that I signed, if possible, uh, going forward. And it's kind of like a just the thing that me and him bond over. It's just that now I'm actually on a team that has championship aspirations. So people are like, why the hell would you do a dollar? But it has more so to do with the tie between me and my agent uh, than, than anything actually monetarily. Yeah. Okay, so um, sports, <laughs> sports business cool. reporters forever will be studying Spencer Dinwiddie. He tried to, or maybe did, take a contract in Bitcoin at one point, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken. And now he has a $1 bonus in his contract for he and his age. Did, did I'm sure you had bonuses in your NFL yes, contract. Yes, they were more than a dollar. <laughs> Confirmed. Like, any, were all bonuses for you as a player all six figures? Were any five figures, seven figures? Like, why, why are you in my pockets, Ev? Oh, come why on. You, You're not going to answer that why you, question? Why are you in my pockets? Really? Why are you in my pockets? Yeah, they were, they were six-figure bonuses. Six, six, How do you six get to bonus. if they're going to give you a bonus for winning the title, even if it's sentimental? Shouldn't it be more than a dollar? I'm just saying, I had I had a six figure workout bonus, but you just <laughs> have to just, show up, just go in and exercise. Oh, what a life! <laughs> I would love that. You want to work out? Cool, we'll give you cool. how many days. Exactly. Come here get these workouts in. How many days I'd did you have to work out shape. to get the uh, six figure bonus? I think it was like I had to get eighty percent of the workouts. And how long were those workouts? How intense? So you're working out from like the beginning of April through um, through the early part of June. So. Hold on, I, I love you, but uh, Canty, you're one of my favorite people. Uh, like, so the Giants paid you that because I'm looking at what allegedly your workout bonuses were. Like, <laughs> yeah. God bless you, man. Yeah, God yeah. bless you. But see, here's the thing: it was more we about it, 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 it wasn't just about working no, no, out. Couldn't even just talk. He actually didn't get any words yeah. fully out. He was just in awe of wow. your contract. Yeah. Now. yeah, but here's the thing: man, it was, it was about too. being around the teammates. And, yeah, and that I understand. It was about that more so than actual exercise. So. Can I borrow some or huh? some workouts? Can you do what? No, no. Not the workouts. Oh, okay. What you got for the workouts. Oh, could you borrow some? Yeah, yeah, and then just not give it back. Oh, my okay. God. Nuno's right. 
Yeah, it's, uh, hey, are you okay? Are you okay if I read this off? That's why, that's why I'm generous around the holidays. <laughs> can I can I read this? It. Thank you. Spot rack has no, this. No, no, no. Do not read this. No. Why do you want to read I, this? I asked. No, I didn't say I was do going not read, to. No. Get out my pockets, uh, way, It's we, public information. Get out of our pockets. <laughs> Make them find it. Okay. The playoff. The playoff rules were public information. Didn't stop the 49ers from not knowing it. Wait. Here's hey, the best. Hey, like, like, hey, here's the make best them go part. out of their way to find Wait it. Wait a second. Give me a second on this. Here's the best part of his workout bonuses. He only per spot rack had him for with, with one team. Yeah, that's right. It's in the with the one team in the one city he lived anyway. So it's not like hey, we got to keep him in Dallas or Baltimore for the offseason to be a po- positive influence. He's a New Yorker, so the Giants are paying him a gazillion dollars to show up in the city he was already living in. <laughs> Man, it's, money, it, it's money well spent. We won a damn championship. I was going to say like, that. Like, like, say like, that. We won, like, I don't understand. We won the game, man. Maybe if the we other won two the teams chip. had workout bonuses. Exactly. We would have got Super Bowl Just rings. Saying. Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie needs your agent. I'll tell you that much. Uh, all right. Uh, next Shout thing. out to Brad Blank, who's living in the Shore Club. I'm pretty sure I played for his condo. But anyway. <laughs> All right, Victor Wembanyama had a great game last night against the Toronto Raptors. The Spurs won 122-99. Wemby had 27 points, 10 blocks, 5 assists, 14 rebounds in only 29 minutes. You would think that's the story, unless you saw him walk in pregame. So, Victor Wembanyama (laughs) pregame, I don't even know how to – he was wearing – like a a ski ma- a robber's mask almost. Mm-hmm. Like how would you describe this? Smalls, you're involved. You go to fashion events. Yeah, it looks like a ski mask with goggles over it. It looks like I'm ready to hit the slopes. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, sometimes I just look at it and it's like, guys, we're doing too much. We're just doing too much. Like I like the jacket. I, I see the swag he's walking in, but it's just. You have to have something covering your face. He's wearing cool? a nice black leather jacket I'm, with a little bit of fur, jeans, whatever. But the the face, I'm, the, I'm it's trying like a to face Google mask. It. I you wonder if that's Balenciaga. Like this feels like it's straight off the runway. And, but that's the problem, though. This ain't Fashion Week. He ain't in New York. <laughs> like I just don't understand. Like why? Why do you feel like you got to wear a ski mask going into a game with no eyes? Yeah, a ski des- mask. A lot of times have the eyes. Designer ski mask that probably and, wasn't cheap. And by the no. way, uh, FYI. We all know it's you. You're seven There's foot five. Right? <laughs> we know. It's not like, who is that over there? We know who that is. It's right? not, you know, Pete, Will I Am during the Super Bowl was wearing like a mask like that. People are like, who is that? Okay, fine. It, it seven foot five Wemby that is so skinny walking into an NBA arena. I promise we've figured out who you are. But damn, are you good at basketball? All right, last one. So uh, Rob Perez Worldwide Wob is a great NBA um, guy on social media, and CC made reference to the um, T Wolves and the Clippers game last night, a game won by the Clippers. Well, Worldwide Wob put out a tweet, and in that tweet. It was talking about, so James Naismith is the person that had invented uh, basketball. And he said, this is what James Naismith envisioned. It is literally James Harden getting tangled with Jaden McDaniels, then running into Rudy Gobert, then falling to the ground, then Rudy Gobert falling to the ground, then the ball flopping up in the air. It was just some of the ugliest basketball you have ever seen in your life. If you're watching on ESPNU, you're watching with us on this. It just is James Harden, as great as he is at times, is one of the ugliest players you'll ever see in your life. Hall of Famer, MVP, yeah, his has game, had a his great g- season. His game is not aesthetically pleasing. No, it's not it's, Steph it's Curry a, to watch. It's an awful watch. It's not Kevin watch. Durant. Yeah. It's an awful watch. And that one, especially in slow-mo, not great. Yeah. 
Yeah. By the way, check out the T Wolves on... actually won though. You said the Clippers won. T Wolves won. Oh game. my bad. Yeah. So yeah, the Clippers won last. Uh, T Wolves won last. Night. We know because <laughs> of our best bet. <laughs> he just won. <laughs> and that that's what I was gonna say. Wait, at, who who won? The team that with more points. Um, <laughs> at Unsports ESPN, Pat Costello today. That's great. Doing a weather report. That's great. A snow angel with a Jay Williams bobblehead as a microphone. We got to get a sponsorship for that. For that picture? Dedicated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, weather.com. Hit me up. Weather.com. Doppler radar. Doppler, Doppler, baby. <laughs> Greeny Doppler. coming up next. We are on to Wednesday. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.